Gibbs opened the door for Gunston. Gunston goal. Hanrahan a fist. O'Brien some candy. And then a goal. Perfect start, Hawks. Picked up beautifully. Executed kick from Burgoyne. Oh, Hanrahan. No free kick. Play on. Because Bruce pick it up and bend it around. Shooting it well. Bruce was superb to Gunston. Outstanding play. O'Brien's already got three. Look at Burgoyne out. Liam Ryan. Oh, good mark in front. Scrimshaw, fantastic. There's the siren. Huge win in the West for the Hawks. The Hawks saved the best till last, booting West Coast from the top four in what was a famous victory for the club. Unfortunately, a finals berth wasn't to be, but fans of the brown and gold have plenty to be upbeat about, the club ending the season on a high. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Hawk Talk podcast, the go-to show for all fans of the Hawthorne Football Club. My name is Nick Mason, and I'm joined by a man who owes me a palmer. G'day, Tiz. G'day, mate. Thursday night. <laughs> you thought I was going to mention it. No, it's already set up. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I booked it in advance. What if I'm busy? That's why I did it. <laughs> <laughs> you will pay up. That's the that's the cheap night. Oh right, now I see what you've done. I see what you've done. Well, I oh, think I get on. to determine. One upset for the round is just ridiculous. I don't I care. You can make your excuses, but Mason's multi. I think multi... we should extend it into the finals. Oh, you would like that, wouldn't you? No, Mason's multi has been bankrolled for another year, folks. <laughs> twenty twenty, here we come. <laughs> Oh, it's all You're not going to continue mate. in 2020, are you? Well, why not? That doesn't cost much, and I know I'm going to win it all back at the end of the year. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> You're genuinely filthy. So much fun. Hey, otherwise, pretty entertaining weekend, wasn't it? Uh, yes, Jeremy Cameron was good. Oh, yeah. You're very pleased with that, aren't you? Did yeah. you have money on him as a Coleman medalist? Still do. Still do. Oh, he's part of a multi, the Brownlow, the oh, right. Rising Star. Oh, I remember. Yeah, you've mentioned Coleman. this. I don't think you mentioned it on the pod, but... Oh, right. Wow, okay. So you're really playing the long game. Yeah. Oh, no, you get on real early. Yeah. How early was this? Uh, Not early enough to get $51 odds on Lockie Neal, unfortunately. <laughs> okay. Right. Well, one misstep, I guess. Otherwise, you, was... you do pretty well. Otherwise, people should know. But I, I never saw Hawthorne turning out like that. No, that neither ridiculous. did I. That was that's uh, our best win of the year. That I mean, was they knew what we were going to do. We put McAvoy the centre half back the week before, and they still fell into the lap. That's right. That Suns game was one big pantomime, but it was also a dress rehearsal for what we could do with Ben McAvoy <laughs> down back. Yeah, and it came to opening night, and he was a star. Tis. He was a star. <laughs> it's also a wonderful way to go to Segler. We still have a spot for you, mate. I don't think you should go to GWS. Yeah, exactly. It's like going up there, playing in the snow. That can't be that good. <laughs> Picture this. This could be you next year. Heads up, it probably won't be, but... It's just wonderful. It was a beautiful little opening for Cogs and Patton to see what we can do against <laughs> their club and then against the reigning premiers. As opposed to what Carlton were dishing up down at uh, in Geelong. Yeah, well, they look dreadful, but they might have more money. I don't think Cogs is going there, but if Gil makes it, you know, <laughs> make it so. If if anybody can make a Godfather deal, it's Gil. <laughs> oh, surely Cox is coming to Hawthorne. Oh, what a letdown it would be if he didn't make it there. Anyway, we move on. Uh, we should get to some social media stuff before we properly recap the game. Let's kick it off with iTunes. You can rate and review us there. Now, Tiz, cause for celebration this week. It's the end of the season. We've reached 200 ratings. We've brought up the double ton. Excellent. So huge thank you for everyone that's on board that's uh, rated and left a review. We've got a couple here, actually. The first one from Reese, a must-listen for all Hawks fans. Amazing insight. They really get to the bones of each game review. Keep it up, fellas. Well, keep it up, Reese. Thank you so much for that. And we heard from Trailer Enthusiast. Bit of a trailer enthusiast myself. Just an enjoyable podcast to listen to if you're a Hawks fan. Didn't put anything on that, just kept it nice and simple. That's what we do here. Keep it nice and simple. Stupid competitions and things like that. He's <laughs> just so sore and sorry about it. Oh, no why need. Why you throw to me earlier in the year? I'll do a couple of Masons, Maltese. <laughs> oh, no. I can get it wrong on Friday nights just as well. Nah, see, my fear is that you'll do it and get it right and show me up and you'll win like two grand because you'll get really intricate with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, oh, it's bound to happen, so I'm not letting you. Oh. You do it on your own time. You don't bring that onto this podcast. It's my multi. <laughs> 
Now, 200 ratings, Tiz. Uh, we had one player in our history that's played exactly 200 games for the Hawthorne Football Club. That's Ted Poole. Ted Poole, the shortest hawk to have played 200 games. What an obscure stat that is. Yeah, where'd you find that? Online. Okay. <laughs> As I find all things. 165 centimetres. Now, that's a, that's a famous name, though. Poole. But it doesn't have the E of Reg Poole, who won... Mm. In the back pocket in 1961 in our inaugural premiership and has also no relation to Katie Poole who's on the board now. Everyone taking notes? <laughs> Everyone. What? what? No, I'm just saying they're, they're nice little trivia tidbits there. You've I'm done well. Doing the best Bruce McAvaney impression. Exactly right. Yeah. I like it very much. So, uh, so Ted Poole, for all those playing at home, mm. isn't related to Reg Poole, yes. who's the father of Katie Poole, who's on the board. Yeah, okay, well, you summed it up again very nicely. So, <laughs> you just provided them revision. Uh, Ted Poole is also the first West Australian-born player to reach the double century in the VFL. Um, what years did he play, anyway? He was active between 1926 and 1938 for the Hawthorne Football Club. Oh, the Club. golden era. Oh, yes. He's <laughs> it actually the there early. Because yes. we only opened in 1925. That's right. I think he was playing for Collingwood before that. I'd need to consult some research again for that to double-check, but anyway. I believe that's his story. So he moves over to uh, to Hawthorne. He wore the number 19. Love the number 19. And he was, uh, quite fittingly, Hawthorne's leading goal kicker for 1933. That's terrific. That's legacy right there. <laughs> now, AustralianFootball.com describes that Poole played seven interstate games for Victoria and was universally acknowledged as one of the most energetic, determined and effective small men of the era. Former teammate Bert Mills described him as the best rover I ever played with. He was a marvel the way he kept going year after year. So it was a tough time for the club, Tiz, but uh, it seems as though one of the shining lights was indeed 200-game player Ted Poole. Over 12 years, which is a big career back then. Absolutely. Fantastic work. We salute you, Ted Poole, for representing the brown and gold in a difficult time. Now, Twitter as well, at HawkTalkPod, surging towards 1,700 followers. We're building a community, and we'll do so in the off-season. So we continue to just sort of put out the odd episode here and there. won't be weekly anymore. But we'll keep going. We're going to have more fun with it. It'll be less directed. I think so, yeah. It's going to get a bit loose. And more artistic. <laughs> That's <laughs> Is right. Is that the right word? Yeah, oh, well, it'll be a few things. It'll be <laughs> a different kind of beast, I imagine, than the regular season. Uh, you can like us on Facebook, too, to keep up with the show. We're looking forward to bringing up 1,000 followers on their uh, facebook.com slash hawktalkpod. And we've got this new thing called Patreon, Tiz. We do, and we've got a couple of shout-outs. Liam Martin. Oh, your very best Craig Willis. He's back. <laughs> I like it. Corey Van Dam. Lynn McKenzie. Bradley Garvin. Come on down. <laughs> it does sound a bit like that, doesn't it? Uh, to all of you, we thank you so much for uh, jumping on board Patreon. That's patreon.com slash hawktalkpod. Those are the subscribers that have... Uh, They've, they've jumped on in a certain tier. You can jump on any tier you like, really, whatever's best for you. Uh, $1, just $1 gets you the rough cast. If you're still uh, in that glorious haze of celebrating Jared Ruffhead, which why not? Why not, Tiz? He's fantastic. Uh, you can download the rough cast and celebrate his career that way. Um, different tiers get you different perks, basically. That's how it works. Yeah, and the mainstream media are about to have a massive void where all the Hawthorne content should be. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, and like I said, we're going to keep on putting out episodes, including some bonus stuff, so you want to be on board. Uh, I should just mention, we also have some social media shout-outs too. Don't worry, for those who have signed up to Patreon, we've not forgotten. We'll be getting those out soon. Also, a bit of a blast from the past. We've put up on patreon.com slash hawktalkpod our um, Celebrating Cyril special. Yes, uh, it still is a blast from the past, but I can't help but feel I really want him back. Well, you get like that in the off-season, don't you? It, it, it's a little bit uh, little bit maudlin online. The rough cast, we're saying goodbye to him, then we're saying goodbye to Cyril. And, and then Jeff's saying we should say goodbye to everyone else. <laughs> get prepared to, <laughs> Did anyway. you catch him after the game? I, I mean, you give him an inch and he takes a mile, Jeff. <laughs> I mean, they made the mistake, Channel 7, of giving him the slightest soapbox. I, I tell you what, probably needed a soapbox. It. He looked quite short. But sending it to Darcy and Richo. Yeah, I think I'd look pretty short as well. Yeah, that's fair enough. Most people would. But uh, they gave him a mic and then they just sort of stood back and went, is this guy going to... He was fine. <laughs> he was. He was fine. Hey, look, he's charismatic as always, spoke his mind, and I didn't necessarily disagree with anything he had to say, Jeff. So, fair well, he enough. He was very pleased with the effort though, wasn't he? He was. He was yeah. up and about. That's... That's why he was in the mood he was in. He was energised. He was up and about. And he seems to be connected with the playing group. He he realised that they were enjoying their footy a lot more and he thought perhaps 
that's all about the results now. The Prez has the finger on the pulse, Tiz. Great to have him back. Remember, he just stepped into the breach there and he's had an impact. He has, a positive one. Yeah. I mean, he's been plenty outspoken. Sometimes I wish he wasn't. But, but, you, uh, but you never feel like you're going to get done over with Jeffrey in, in the helm, do you? Oh, that's right. No, he's steering the ship uh, beautifully at this point. Hey, let's get to the recap. Hawthorne, 16-9-105, defeated the West Coast Eagles, 9-13-67, in a result that, as we've said, neither of us saw coming. A huge win for this group, entering a hostile environment, destiny in our hands, got the job done. Very, very proud of the boys for rising to the occasion. They looked like they'd lost the premiership, a few of those players. The West Coast Eagles? Yeah, they were just crumpled yeah. on the ground at the end of the game. It's very odd. I forget who it was. They threw their mouth guard to the turf in disgust. And it wasn't Gaff, was it? It might have been Gaff. They, they, they seemed without any solace. Mm. And they just felt that they'd buggered it all up. And I loved it. And my favourite moment that captures that so deliciously <laughs> yeah. is where nonchalantly Scrimshaw just reaches back in front of Liam Ryan and Jack Darling and pulls down one of the best marks of the season for me. My only issue with that moment is uh, something that one of our listeners pointed out, uh, Barry at Hawk Talk Pod. Can we take a second and acknowledge the absolutely hideous commentary of that mark by JB? As close to barracking as you'll ever hear, call the game not what you want to happen. Now I've obviously reviewed the footage because I had to cut together the highlights and... Uh, He's got a point, Barry. But he's always understated, JB, isn't he? Oh, come on. He could have done better with that. He seemed downright deflated. Scrimshaw plucked that from nowhere. Well, he was calling Liam Ryan in. Well, yeah, it was going to be a sensational mark, but the mark that was taken was, I would argue, even better. It did look uh, ridiculous, though. There seemed to be no effort required. Just plucked it. And then he just played on. (laughs) There was no ceremony or... Look what I've got. No, that's right. No, none of that rough head from the previous week showing them the ball. <laughs> that would have been great. Oh, dear. Well, the Eagles needed something miraculous because they were on the canvas at that point and they only really had themselves to blame. They had no answer for anything that Hawthorne was doing. I felt that we dictated terms for long stretches and that was due to our superb defensive work, which, uh, again, the Eagles just had nothing in reply. Not only that, but our defence in the midfield was fantastic mm. too. And we showed up Hickey. I thought Segler played very, very well. well. Well, this is what happened. Basically, West Coast, the only way they were going to win this was to utilise their run and just run us ragged all over the park. But we just locked them down. We completely shackled them. And when they didn't have an answer to that, they would go long, just as we hoped they would. And right there was our tall timber. Segler was just waiting every single time. McAvoy, even Frawley took a couple of intercepts. Not to mention Sicily, yep. who's now looking down the barrel of an All-Australian. That's right. He's uh, qualified for the 40-man squad. Just briefly, what did you think of that squad? Did you have any issues? We only had the one player. It was just Sicily. I thought Hendo was a little bit unlucky. Yeah, that's what I was hearing online from our followers, our listeners. I think saying Warple was robbed is a little bit rich. Uh, it's a little too much. I mean, Warple's been fantastic, as we know. But... In the last half of the year. Yeah. yeah. I think Hendo's best games have been obvious. Uh, I, th- I think he's sort of dropped off the last few weeks, and that's been okay because we've had other players pick up the slack. But like Chad, like Chad, we can talk about Chad. What do you make of his game? Uh, the intensity Chad brings to the game is quite something to behold. Simply electric stuff from Wingard at the moment, isn't it? A couple of tackles. I mean, it's not just when he has the ball anymore. It's it's the threat of him grabbing. Uh, who was it? Chewy. He yep. looked absolutely mortified. <laughs> he the hates being tackled, face. that guy. Oh, yeah. I can't duck into this one. What's going on? Uh. And even when Wingard made that mistake, uh, kicking towards the boundary, it was cut off, and Wingard just put his head down, and he moted, and he... There was no remonstrations? No, nope, he just knew what he had to do, and I, I just I love the effort there. There's none of that uh, bravado we saw in his in his second was it first or second game for the club against North, where he won the game and he had his celebrations his prepared. And oh, look, fair enough. I, I do like the swagger, as you know. That's why I'm such a fan of James Sicily. Yeah, but I I I sort of like the fact that he's just getting on with it now. Yeah, no, I, I like that as well. Let the actions speak for themselves, and don't they just? On this occasion, he had 28 touches, seven clearances, five tackles, and ten inside fifties. He's becoming very instrumental for us heading forward, Tiz. He, uh, he seems to be racking up the inside 50s of late. And once again... He looks for Ruffhead going forward, I know. <laughs> just the uh, 69% game time. 
And uh, Clarko, I think, intimated that, that they know exactly what they're doing with him. He's not fit enough, and mm. they're just going to play him through the midfield for 69% of the game um, as long as they can. Ferocious endeavour from Wingard, an excitement machine. We're starting to see it. Just imagine when we unleash him in 2020. I know we say that every week now, but he, he was in the back half of this year just getting better week to week, and it's fantastic. And he finds space, and he takes the right options, and... Another bloke that was doing that was Scrimshaw. We've mentioned his mark, but how well does he look at the level? It's just great to get another look at him before the end of the season, really. Well, it was a bit of a shame that Giath dropped out for him, but that was yeah. explained by Clarko. They wanted to re- reward Jack for his effort in the rehab, and he'd played very well at Box Hill the week before. That's right, yep. And so he had 14 touches, ran at 71%, which doesn't sound too great, but just slots in seamlessly to that back six. I think he had something like seven intercepts as well. Yeah, seven intercepts, one intercept mark. Very good game from the boy. Can I pull you back to the chat for just a second? Yeah, go ahead. He's just that irresistible. (laughs) We just had a couple of listener questions about the chat. We heard from Stuart at Hawk Talk Pod. Wingard's attack on the footy was great. He always looks like he has time, uses that sidestep, and he's a damaging kick forward. And we heard from Scott as well. Now, this is the big question. This is the one on everyone's lips at this point of the year and will be for a few years yet, I imagine. At really? Hawk Talk Pod, now the season for both clubs is over. He's Uh-oh. talking about Port Adelaide. Who won the Burton Wingard trade? <laughs> Did we win it by a posse on the ladder? Yeah, you could argue that. Scott continues, think Chad's last six weeks gets the Hawks over the line. He's angry and gets heaps of the pill. I think it's just about even at this point. I don't think it will be in the long run. You disagree? Completely. I mean, they've mismanaged Burton like you wouldn't believe. Actually, yeah, I take it back. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> How many hamstrings does he have to have? Exactly, yeah. They rushed him back and then they, they ignored it at some point, didn't they? And it they just went twang. Him, yeah, it went twang in the first 10 minutes. When he is on the park, I guess I should explain my initial position. I notice his disposal efficiency hasn't improved. <laughs> when Burton is on the park for Port Adelaide, I think he can contribute pretty well for them. But you're right in saying that his first year at the club has... I mean, compared to what we've done with Wingard, which you can tell we've been quite sensible. Well, Wingard's a much... Wingard's an elite player. Mm. And Ryan Burton is a potentially elite player. And that's why we had to give up so much for Wingard. Not only Burton, but the picks. Yeah, I think that summarises it quite nicely. Uh, Let's get to some of the other... I just want to point out that Mm. Wingard had the second most metres gained on the night. Oh, did he? Just behind Jager. What did you think of Jager's game? I thought he... uh... I would say that he's struggling and he wouldn't be happy with how he's going, but, geez, he's still a very good player. So much workload, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And, and he'll, that's sweet relief now for him, I mm. mean, that the season's over. He's been battered and bruised and everything. Oh, he's at the bottom of everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and he'll... Uh, I mean, it's good for him in a sense because he knows he can do it now. He knows how much he can shoulder. Yeah. Uh, and we'll have Tom back next year. It'll be great. But uh, I actually thought this game of his against the Eagles... It's actually one of his better ones for a few weeks. Well, he ran at 59% again. That's, I mean, that's still an issue. Yeah. Yeah. So he had 610 metres gained. Um, his pressure points were fairly low compared to how usually he is, and he only had three clearances. All right, so, so maybe I was wrong. <laughs> so he was winning most of his ball uncontested, 19 of them uncontested. Right, okay. So he's obviously... I mean, the the Eagles don't play a very contested style of footy in the centre mm. there, and I felt that Sam Mitchell had really sort of snookered their efforts there. <laughs> you want to talk about uncontested footy, let's talk about Ricky Henderson. West Coast just could not contain Tricky Ricky. They failed to stifle his influence on the outside. 25 touches, 21 of those uncontested, which I think says a lot. 12 marks, one goal and one goal assist. Do you know what I really loved about this? Mm. Was the fact that in almost every quarter, except for the second quarter, mm. West Coast had more possessions than Hawthorne. Is that right? And yet... How does that happen? We were far better. Yeah. And we were playing more direct. We were kicking long. We were kicking into our forward line. We were keeping pressure on mm-hmm. what should have been easy intercept marks. We were just making sure they hit the deck and providing another contest. And that's thanks to Timmy. And it's thanks to Nash. And it's also thanks to Jack Gunston, who played very well. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, the thing about Ricky Henderson, still unsigned at oh, this well, point at the time actually, of recording. we don't know that. Because with, well, the, with the Phantom, we never get we never got told how long he was signed for initially. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Just reminded we, me of we that. We didn't know his number. <laughs> we also didn't get told how long uh, Tom Mitchell was signed for initially for a mm. long time. 
So it's all. I I, I wouldn't be You're surprised if five of these guys have already signed and they're just <laughs> waiting to to announce it. They're, and there'll be other things happening as well with the Box Hill boys. Yeah. Yep. So the Box Hill is still playing finals, so they don't announce any delistings there. What about this guy that we mentioned before, John Segler, really relishing the chance to be our number one ruckman, which is new. He had a huge influence on the contest. Uh, as I said, whenever the Eagles tried to go long, played right into our hands, and there was Segler. 39 hitouts, six intercepts, 11 contested touches, and eight score involvements. Nearly best on ground, wasn't he? He was fantastic. Uh, Obsessive Compulsive at Hawk Talk Pod uh, hit us up with a few questions, actually. Is Segs number one with McAvoy in defensive 50 sustainable? Uh, Well, as a free agent, we're just making our pitch to him, aren't we? (laughs) It feels like that, yeah, as we mentioned. You should stay. Is it really something we're going to persist with, though? It feels like just something that Clarko would have in his back pocket, you know? Oh, you don't think Segler will be like, oh, yeah, he is making room for me. Oh, no, I think Segler will believe that. Do you? I just don't think it's in our plans to keep playing this way. Well, it could be a great way to combat the 666. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. So if he doesn't leave the club, surely the next fella is on your rundown. (laughs) Oh, come on. Luke Bruce. I've read it all over Facebook for about three years. (laughs) Well, a How broken clock, etc., etc. Et yeah. <laughs> Luke Bruce, I thought he showed flashes of brilliance this game, playing into his reputation as a dangerous goal sneak, which I love. The arrogance was back. Yep. We saw it a bit against the Suns and a bit the previous week. And uh, special game from him, highlighted by three goals won. But of his 18 touches, Tiz, 14 were contested. Wow. That's a lot. That was the most of any Hawk and second only to Elliot Yo on the night. And add to that the fact that he had five tackles. He got a guy who was pretty hard at it and very damaging when he got the ball. So an excellent end to the year and he, he finishes our leading goal kicker. That's right. Do you know how many he finished up? Probably something like 45 or... Luke Bruce, 34 goals, averaging one and a half a game. All right, so 34 was a lot less than I thought. Not massive. No, but then we are talking about a team that famously struggled to score most of the season. Yes, although we did hit the 100-point mark in our last two games. <laughs> I mean, good signs. Trajectory is fantastic. <laughs> Things are improving, apparently. Uh, uh, Gunston, 26. Mitch Lewis, 20. Mm-hmm. Big effort from Mitch. It was. He'd be very happy. I am very happy with the switch to Mitch. So that was uh, 1.7 goals a game for Mitch Lewis, which is the highest of any hawk. Oh, apart from Jared Ruffhead. One other bloke I'm obviously a huge fan of, for anyone that's listened to this podcast over the last uh, couple of years, James Warple. Noticeably more quiet on this occasion, I thought. It's probably likely due to the Eagles putting some work into him. I mean, what, he had the last four games getting 30-plus touches. I don't think they were going to let that one go again. Just the 20 on this occasion, but uh, he still led the team clearances with eight. Yeah, I mean, he still led the clearances, right? I don't think he had that much of a quiet night. Uh, he has well, I mean, 11 com- contested, 10 uncontested. He's only had 20 touches as opposed to his 34 that he had last week or whatever it was. Three tackles, 54 pressure points, five scoring involvements and two assists. I you mean, and your pressure points. You just, two assists and five scoring involvements. The guy is, is a legend already. Ollie Hanrahan, handy presence, I felt. I think he uh, really recaptured some of his early form when he well, first debuted. 19 touches do him good. Yep, seven of those contested, two behinds, but he had a goal assist. Uh, we heard from Wiley at Hawk Talk Pod. Watching Hanrahan, he has very good agility and a nice sidestep. Seems to be able to buy himself time and get around tacklers. Needs to work on some decision-making errors, but I thought he's shown some real signs this year. Hashtag really pleasing year. Seven scoring involvements. Very nice figure. So, I mean, the boys are, the, the kids are okay. Well, we mentioned kids. I, I want to give a bit of a nod to a veteran. Uh, who played a milestone game against the Eagles. A shout-out to Isaac Smith and the role that he played in this win in his 200th game. I felt he really set the tone. That contested mark was... Uh, it's <laughs> Did not... you see the interaction between him and Warple after that mark? No, I didn't. What was that? Oh, I think Warple was pointing out that it was one of the few contested marks that he would have had against his name. Well, I think Smith actually conceded that in the post-match. <laughs> <laughs> and he took two on the night. He took two really good grabs, Smith. I felt Henderson was the better of the wingmen of the night, but uh, Smith contributed well, finishing with two goals in his 200th game. And we heard from one of our listeners, Chris, at Hawk Talk Pod. What is 
the best moment in Isaac Smith's career to date? Oh, I imagine it would be being signed by the Hawthorne Footy Club and getting away from that <laughs> mud patch in Ballarat. Well, you don't think the uh, 2013 long bomb against Frio? When uh, Hodgie told him to shut up. <laughs> Just pull his head in because <laughs> he was carrying on. Or high-fiving the opposition at, at the West Coast Grand Final. That would final. be my other one. Yeah. yeah, My number one is the 2013 Grand Final goal and that other one from the boundary, that's my second. He knows how to celebrate, Smithy. And he's the fourth quickest to get to mm. 200 games. Which is remarkable for a, an overager. And Luke Brewster's he has a similar statistic, doesn't he? He's, he's second on that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Anyway, the other, the other thing I want to point out, I think it was in the Port Adelaide game uh, mm. in 2013, where he seemed to jar his knee. I may have the wrong prelim, but okay. he jarred his knee, and I thought, oh, that looked awful. Mm. And perhaps he may not be playing the grand final the next week. But uh, pulled up. <laughs> Turned up, kicked another sensational goal as his want to in uh, grand finals. Yep, and he's just he's just such a nice fella, isn't he? You see that in the interviews. It's why I thought he'd be captain because he just loves it. Maybe he's too nice. <laughs> Perhaps I don't know. He seems like he could be annoying. <laughs> yeah. So will he be part of the uh, the squad that just gets one year offered? And oh, look, maybe I really don't want him to go. Yeah. Isaac Smith, he's actually been one of my favourite Hawks for a long time now, and I just, I just can't picture him playing for anyone else. It would get under my skin a bit. It would hurt to see him go. Yeah, I'd hate that smile if it were at another club. I tell you. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying, right? It'd be annoying. Yeah, it'd just be really annoying. But no, he's fantastic for the not North Darren Australia Buick club. annoying, but kind of <laughs> annoying. Um, is there anyone we're forgetting? Tis I, just, I, I feel like we've covered a lot of players. Yeah, no, here. I'm I'm pretty happy with this. Pretty happy. To, I, oh, yeah, hang on. Pretty happy. Really pleased. Something like. That. We'll just hold on one second. Really pleasing is this week's really pleasing bog tob tob. <laughs> he's and dynamite. His, and his new television. <laughs> he's got a new TV for his efforts. <laughs> he nearly left the flyer. <laughs> <laughs> He deserves it, mate. He deserves the TV. See, the knock on Tim O'Brien for the longest time, we all know it as Hawks fans, but all had complaints at one point or another, is that untapped potential. He could have dyed his hair and been Dermy a lot earlier. (laughs) Now he's starting to embrace it, isn't he? He's starting to build to something. I guess over the journey, we've seen him occasionally bob up. It'll be against, I don't know, like Melbourne. Carlton. Yeah, but you know kick about two or three goals and really start to show something. But it was never really against quality opposition until this year. He is starting to build to something. 2019 has been the making of TOB as a dependable player, I feel. Initially, we saw him as, you know, perhaps revitalized as a defender. That was going to be his uh, redemptive arc. But now he's starting to show something up forward again. So I'm not really sure where you play him. I'm not playing him in defence ever again, thank you very much. <laughs> really? You, your mind's made up. Yeah, I'm happy with that. He's had uh, 10 touches at 90% and uh, seven of those contested, four marks, three of those contested, four goals and nine scoring involvements. Does that include the four? Because takes it back to five. <laughs> oh, come on, be a bit harsh. I think nine score involvements for anyone. But the fact is that he was worrying the opposition. Yeah, yeah, absolutely he was. This was a game as well where, I mean, you talk about worries. Heading into it, I thought, okay, well, Lewis is unavailable. Ruffy's retired. Where are our goals going to come from? This is probably the game where I least expected to kick over 100 points. Short forward line, Clarko. We've seen this before. Long to Poppy. (laughs) Yeah, oh my God, it never happened. Actually, that's probably not true. It probably did happen. (laughs) Roll the tape. Yeah. (laughs) But it wasn't as uh, damning as it sometimes is for Hawthorne, where I feel we lapse into those habits and it never ends well. But uh, no, T.O.B. was the target. And, uh, God, we had a few listeners who were most impressed with Tim O'Brien. We heard from TJ41 at Hawk Talk Pod. Can a player win our most improved at the PCM after seven years on our list? (laughs) (laughs) I tell you what, he most probably can. He'll give it a shake. (laughs) And I enjoyed how the Hawthorne forwards structured... They didn't all run to the same spot. Mm. They kept themselves separate, and it meant that McGovern couldn't come across. Chris hit us up at Hawk Talk Pod as well. Would you consider Tim O'Brien the AFL's most improved player? Ooh. Have you watched enough of Gold Coast to know? I think we both know the Because they come from a low, low ebb. <laughs> I saw enough of Gold Coast last week. And if that's an improved side, I'm very worried about what they were showing in round one. 
<laughs> they won the first three Gold Coast. Did they really? Mm. God, how quick I forget. But they are a forgettable club. So, anyway, uh, Tim O'Brien, I mean, it'd at least have to be in the conversation. I'm sure there's quite a few other players running around, but, I mean, for Hawthorne, certainly. Yeah, I think so. We heard from Ewan as well. Has patience paid off, or should we revisit that question next year? Well, I, I guess we were patient, weren't we? For a long, long time. And then he showed a bit, and then he got another contract, and it's ending, and now he's showing a bit more. <laughs> I mean, what's Ewan getting at here? Is he not convinced? I'm not really sure of the position of our listener here. He is a bit up and down, Timmy. You never know what you're going to get from him, I think, is the underlying concern. I think we can put a big tick next to this season for Tim O'Brien. We can cast this as a success. What a triumph it's been after a very difficult 2018 for him. He's backed it up with... A very redemptive 2019. Look, that's an excellent performance from him. It's just Tim and Connor up there to mm-hmm. take the marks. And they won the game and he kicked four. Connor kicked one. Excellent effort. Well thought out from the forward line coach to keep mm-hmm. them separated. Everyone played their role. Do we like the forward line coach now, do we? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something's who who is it again? It's Burns, isn't it? <laughs> well, we just lost our defensive coach, actually, speaking of all this stuff. Oh, yeah? Who who feels that they need a bit of a bolstering in the old defence? Well, funny you say that. It's West Coast. (laughs) So they get dismantled one week and then pick up your D coach the next. Yeah, Glass has gone back home to West Coast, which uh, leaves a bit of an opening. Yeah? Who are we getting? Do you know? Luke the inside world? Oh, really? No, I don't know. (laughs) Oh, come on. Yeah, it had to be said, right? Okay. (laughs) He's, He's contracted again for another year up there. Is he? Yeah. So he'll have a coaching role up there. Yep. Oh, be like Sam Mitchell. Yeah, let him make his his mistakes there first. Yeah. (laughs) Do his apprenticeship and then come on back home to Hawthorne. (laughs) No one's ever really gone to Now, hang on. Look, we don't want to turn into Adelaide. (laughs) If you look at their coaching department, it's all past players. No wonder they don't have any new ideas. Mate, you can like what Adelaide are doing or you can piss off. That's what I've heard. (laughs) (laughs) Good old Marcus Shudo. He had to walk that back quick smart, didn't he? Did he he? actually walk it back? Yeah, yeah. He's apologised. Terrific. (laughs) On the same day they announced the review officially, (laughs) he in the morning had to come out. He's like, maybe I misspoke. (laughs) Oh, you reckon? Any decisions that... What was the actual quote? Oh, it was something like... I'm paraphrasing, but... Basically, be on board with the decisions we make or find another club to support. Because those decisions are for the better betterment of the whole football club. Yeah. Yeah, what a whole lot of garbage. Oh, totally arrogant. And that's even worse if you're a player. Like, if you're a supporter, you get peeved. But mm. if you're a player and you've got a contract yeah. and you're just being beholden by this fellow in the back office who's yeah. making all the decisions with his mates, you're not staying. No, exactly right. And I think they really do genuinely have a problem with that. I mean, did you have eyes on Greenwood on the weekend? I know I did. <laughs> <laughs> How did he go? Did he look better than the rest? Or oh, I don't think we should talk about that game. It's going to bring me down. I well, mean, I didn't hold out much hope, to be honest. Well, neither did I. And I, I did suspect that they might get smashed. But once it was actually... The game was on in front of my eyes and I was watching it happen. And I was like, wow. Yeah. This is one of the worst performances I've seen for the year of any club. And, you know, I, like I said, watch the team in Swans game, watch the Suns against us, and then Adelaide turns out that garbage. It was ridiculous. Still, the worst game would have to be the Melbourne Gold Coast game, wouldn't it? I'd have to look up highlights to confirm, and isn't I don't think the I'm one willing where, to put myself through that. Is that <laughs> isn't that the one where Tom McDonald kicks off the ground, hits the goalpost oh, really? in the last minute, and they celebrate a win? Just, oh, Maybe. Just terrific Melbourne stuff. Can they just close that club, please? <laughs> They're just thorn in my side for too long now. I mean, we lost to them and we lost yeah. to bloody um, St Kilda with no men on the bench. And then we got robbed against the Dogs, who yeah. were suddenly I mean, eighth. So, the so only th- thing to come out of this this weekend <laughs> is that we've sent Essendon to the West. <laughs> Which has been fantastic because you know they tanked. You know they withdrew all those yeah. players, and then because yeah. so, I watched that game, I watched. We'll give pies. the boys three weeks off. This will be great. I watched the Pies versus the Dons, and you just saw in the last five minutes or so, Collingwood magically became more skilled. Oh, right. It's like wow, they're suddenly on top of this game and have everything on their terms. How did this happen? I think we all know what's happening there. Zessner were like, "You beauty, 
and then flew <laughs> one and had her off to the west. I said we'd send someone to the west, didn't I? Yes. I said it was going to be Geelong, but I'm just as happy to send Essendon there. And Ash Brown had tweeted something fantastic. He said uh, he's really looking forward to seeing Warsfold up against his old club. <laughs> Because it's win-win for us. It really is. Yeah. Either one of them's eliminated. I'm really happy. Oh, absolutely. I don't want West Coast to go back-to-back, and I don't want Essendon to break that Drought. stellar statistic. <laughs> where it's something like almost 6,000 days oh. since they won a final. <laughs> it's just beautiful. So really, we're just, uh, we've got Mr. Burns' hands going, yes, yes, good. <laughs> well, Watching them battle it out. Well, that's an opportunity to bring in some new blood. Yeah, yeah, it is. The defence coach. Um, I just want to rewind because you, you, I, I did catch that you happened to crowbar Connor Nash's name into the recap, and I did catch that. But I did actually want to talk about him, so that's crowbar. Good. Yeah, because I know you. They were the only guys who we had in the <laughs> forward fifty as targets, apart from Gunston. Darcy at Hawk Talk Pod uh, hit us up. I'd like to highlight a specific moment of Nash's in the game that Shepherd on McGovern that allowed Gunners to run into an open goal. There's no stat for that, but a huge impact on the game. I've loved his past month of footy. There is a stat for that. Just a one percenter? That's correct. Okay. Well, sorry, Darcy. Tis has put you on blast there. But, <laughs> but I mean, it doesn't show up in, in most of the uh, publications. But they do. Well, people... Hawthorne certainly track them. In fact, what they track is missed shepherds, which you will okay. notice a lot in the VFL. In fact, one of the things that you can look for in elite mm. players is how often they shepherd. Do the little things. Yeah. Yep, defensive stuff. Tell you what, the Eagles were missing a shepherd, am I right? Hey, got him. jeez. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, can we just have an oh geez, uh podcast? Where you just cut all the times I said oh geez after one of just your... Just the cheapest jokes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a cheap joke supercut. <laughs> Let's see what I can do. We heard from Brent at Hawk Talk Pod. Do you think Clarko has figured out his new game plan for 2020? And we saw some of it over the past few weeks. Oh, no, I think he'll change it up again. I mean, he's going to have one hell of a dynamic midfield. Yeah, I expect it's going to be completely dictated by what we do in the off-season, uh, who, who we um, show the door and who we bring in. Uh, and also, even if that wasn't the case, I don't think Alistair Clarkson is about to show his hand. There's no way. We're still being uh, linked with Carl Amon. I like that. Because he wanted out last year, didn't he? Yeah, he's pretty quick. Yep. He's all, we've already got two other port, port boys at the club. And a port coach. <laughs> <laughs> so we've done well. Uh, we heard from Wiley as well. Uh, riding the bumps with a grin, 2020 will show the fruits of this year's labour. Great experience for Warple, Scrimshaw, Lewis, Ollie, Cousins and CJ. Big things are coming. It's all up from here. I mean, we've bottomed out. Much to the league's chagrin. Screw you, Brad Johnson. Screw you, Nicky Dal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was great making a couple of um, videos to celebrate that little clip. Well, I mean, you're on hiding to nothing predicting stuff, but that was just dumb. Well, it wasn't so much the prediction. It was the way they were talking about Hawthorne in their prediction for 2019. I th- thought it was Gleefully, disrespectful. Yeah, yeah, it was gleeful. It was like just taking the piss. I didn't appreciate it, and I was happy to dredge up that clip and make fun of them myself. You should have worked. You should have seen where they put their own clubs. Oh, Sir really? Kilder and uh, who's the other fella? Oh, yeah, Johnson. He, he played with the dogs, didn't he? Um, <laughs> so irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> what did he do again? No premierships. 300 okay. games. Yeah, okay. Well, fair effort. Tip my hat for that, but nothing else. Bly, though, uh, who are the worst supporters in the league? West Coast and Adelaide would have to be up there. Or is it just because the interstate clubs have a bigger percentage of the crowd? Uh, West Coast are horrible. The club's beautifully managed. They make a hell of a lot of money, and so the what's supporters are always irritable. <laughs> That's a good. Got a, always irritable. Is they've a got fantastic, a new oval. It's a fantastic encapsulation of their entire supporter culture. I mean, they don't. You know how sometimes you try to build your team up when they're down. Yeah. Well, they don't do that at all. I'll tell you what, after because I, I watched this game at the Albion, Charles, uh, I went back there. Mm-hmm. It was a very redemptive experience. I told you to, to clutch onto that. The grudge. <laughs> that grudge and never let it go. No, I buried the hatchet and uh, no, it was a good night. Hawthorne had a win. The food was good. Everything was great. And I got home and I was in bed. I turned off the bedroom lamp and, you know, sort of shifted myself down, pulled the covers up. Uh, Closed my eyes, was ready to go to bed, and then just an eagle supporter went, Ball! <laughs> what? 
They call it for everything. <laughs> Doesn't matter what situation in life, they have one thing. I hear they communicate in grunts other than that. Oh. <laughs> Come on, they're pretty bad. It was pretty bad. Their, their booing is... I don't know why it sounds so much louder there on the telecast. Uh, is it, I mean, this is a it's long... It's got to be the mics. This is a long bow. Well, I thought the mics, but also maybe the stadium architecture, just the cauldron-like. Oh, yeah, maybe. Does that play into it? I have no idea. It's always been louder there, though. Yeah, I guess so. They just yell louder. Maybe. <laughs> They're just angrier people. Hey, you want to hear about a whinger? We heard from Justin, who's not the whinger, <laughs> mind you. He's not... I phrased that very badly. At Hook Talk Pod. He wants For to talk all about, your complaints. <laughs> he wants to talk about Chris Scott, and fair enough. Uh, is there any chance Chris Scott can be put on mute for the finals? Bitching about playing pies at the G. What did he expect? To play them at a stadium in Geelong with a capacity of 35,000? Sorry, Chris, it's no longer 1985. This for a bloke that won three premierships at the G yep. coming from Brisbane. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. Just making excuses. And if they happen to win, it was a win against the odds. Great. But it's such a long, drawn-out, pathetic yeah. storyline. Oh, it's stupid. Yeah. This narrative is never going to do him any favours. No. He's just under a hell of a lot of pressure not to go out in straight sets. Exactly. And I think they can. I certainly hope they do. Yeah, I can't wait for him to go full Nick Kyrgios. <laughs> you reckon? Oh, it's going to be glorious. You think there's a few more gifts coming? <laughs> I could do it for a few more Chris Scott gifts. Getting sick and tired of the same ones. <laughs> Uh, Justin also added, remember about eight weeks ago when we were all face-palming, when we looked at the remaining games and wondered who we could beat out of the Pies, Cats, Lions, Giants and the Eagles. Four wins against Premiership contenders and none of them kicking 10 goals. Clarko is the best coach by a country mile. Yeah, because he, could he have been the best coach in about the first eight weeks as well, please? <laughs> yeah, it'd be good. Yeah. He paced it out weirdly this season, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, anyway. But it was only because they're having fun now. They weren't having fun before, Nick. So it's important that you have fun at work, isn't it? (laughs) We're a happy team, don't forget. I was happy on the weekend watching Box Hill. Oh, yes. It was a very good victory. The bruised, battered and brave Collingwood could not get the job done, fortunately. Because I think they were the better side, I've got to be honest. Well, they had one outstanding player Mm. who probably shouldn't have been out there. They took a punt on him. Jeez, Dacos had a lot of the ball, didn't he? What were they doing? Max <laughs> Bailey gave him no respect whatsoever. Yeah, true. Anyway, it wasn't the best coaching performance from Max Bailey. and uh, But true to their style this year, um, Box Hill came home with a, a wet sail, didn't oh, they? Box Hill love a fight back, don't they? they? I mean, they don't always get it done. No. But they just love coming from behind. Exactly. <laughs> and I thought Taya Miles kicked a couple of very, very important goals. He did. Will it matter? And it will go unrecognised. <laughs> But Poor we won't Miles. have any. We won't have any. Um, perhaps he only kicked one goal, but I remember him being very, very important early yeah. on. Yeah, he was. And he finished with 27 touches. That was an equal team high with us. Uh, Cousins got 27 as well, was the other guy. Who else did you like? Quite like Brand. I think he was super important in defence. In the I last had, quarter, yeah. Uh, something like 19 touches and 13 marks. He seemed to improve when Kajitski went forward. Yeah, Cosy's an interesting one as well, because he switches, doesn't he? Yeah. He's turning into a good utility. Kicked a goal. For anyone that didn't catch up on this game, basically, as we said, it was a fight back with a finals berth on the line for this match against Collingwood. We trailed by 18 points, and uh, they were losing players, well, for most of the match. I feel like they lost at least one a quarter. Well, they lost Woodward with about seven minutes to go, or which something. was just heartbreaking. That you saw both teams stop in their tracks, and because yeah. it means something, it means a lot for Box Hill as well. Oh, he's a massive player for them. He's played on that oval countless times, and not to mention the Liston. Yeah, yeah. No, they all love him, and uh, it was a remarkably crappy moment that uh, ended the day. And then after that, Collingwood kicked the goal, and then we immediately responded. But it was an eventful. It was a very entertaining contest. Apart from that, uh, I think the thing that I liked most was the uh, that classic captain's goal, Andrew Moore, just lifting. Box Hill off the canvas to get the job done, with two goals, in fact, in that final term. He seems to be a fellow that's been overlooked for an AFL career now. I'm not sure why. I'm not yeah, sure why. He just he's turns very up every week. He's very consistent. Mm. And it'll be good to watch him this weekend. Playing at, uh, well, they're playing at Adcon Stadium, in, a.k.a. Northport Oval. Yeah, which is in Port Melbourne. But mm. we're playing Werribee, who finished above us. Yep. 
And that's at two ten on the, on the sure. first. Did they beat us both times this year? I know they. Beat I know us they once. beat us most recently. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So we'll be up against it a bit, but I mean, is Ruffy going to play for him, Nick, or what do you reckon? <laughs> no, I think that might be it. No, that's no. Yeah, Doesn't I imagine want, so. Yeah, I thought he's going to extend no, the trophy cabinet. One more chance to cover himself in glory. No, I think he's done. Ah, all right. Fine. Whatever. He, hey, whatever he wants to do, I wouldn't begrudge the guy, but. Does it get better than that game against the Suns? I don't think so. That's an elimination final, Sunday, September 1st, 2.10pm at Adcon Stadium, also known as Northport Oval. Yeah, so that'll be 15 bucks if you want to go. Is that right? Hmm. What do you think of that price? Reasonable? Well, it's 20 bucks for the grand final. Oh, okay. I forgot about that. <laughs> Jeez, you forget about those things when you win, don't Which you? Which is at uh, Vizzy Park or That's Princess right. Park. Yes, not at Marvel. So I, I enjoyed that game. It, it was a great result because uh, we came back from well what looked like we were going to lose and it was a big crowd there too yes Collingwood fans had turned out to see Stevenson and we got to have a look at some of our best players I I noticed Golds turned up oh Golds was actually really good I thought of you watching him because I was like yeah he's he's still very skinny but he's nice (laughs) you know he's got a skinny and nice he's got he's got well when I say nice he's got good skills yes no I know what you mean he can distribute it well and yeah very happy and uh, he, he showed a bit of aggression, which was good, uh, against Stevenson. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of the team had to go at Stevenson at one point, just <laughs> trying to get him out of the... Yeah, he downed one of our players late. Yeah. So, anyway, it's good. Max Bailey got him through, and we'll see if they can kick on. They had a couple of incredible contests in the finals last year, mm. last-minute goals and things like that, extra time. So uh, Can't wait for another heart attack. Well, <laughs> it should be good. Well, Hanrahan will play for him, won't he? He'll be eligible. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. So it's nice to have one team go- getting through to the finals after the women's. Yes. Yeah. Sadly, I did you watch that? I streamed the VFLW. Yeah, they won't be defending their title, unfortunately. Yeah, they really, uh, after losing that game, they needed the results to fall their way, which they did not. Anyway, it was a good effort from the girls. They were up against it at halftime and they really kicked into the game and, and had a chance late, but... Perkins was magnificent. Yeah. So she was... Uh, I was going to call it... I didn't in the end. I didn't tweet it out. But in the first quarter, I was very close to saying, I think Perkins is going to be very important today. And boy, wasn't she. She's a determined character. She is. And they're only going to be better next year for the for the loss. I mean, they mm. they probably overperformed last year, but anyway... When do we get that AFL license? It's the question on my lips every time we mention the VFLW. Because I, I want to get probably get a it. team in Tasmania before we get a women's uh, side. Yeah. Anyway. That anti-Hawthorne conspiracy. Ugh. So when are we doing the list, Nick? When are we going through the list and okay, cutting so, people? And So here's the thing. Uh, we have a lot to talk about in terms of who stays, who goes, uh, in terms of recapping the season and the highlights, the lowlights. There's a lot to get through. What we're going to do, we're going to sizzle it up. We're going to come back next week and uh, hopefully have Ash Brown on board. Need to confirm that. But uh, wouldn't it be great to, to put a bow on everything that is season 2019 with Ash Brown as special guest? And we might have some idea of how the list is going to be moving by then. Yeah, I expect this will be a busy week. By the time people are listening to this even, maybe we would have heard some things. We'll, we'll just wait and see. This podcast could already be terribly dated. <laughs> uh, we caught the glass departure, but... That might be all we caught. Who knows? We might um, be elevated into finals. <laughs> so basically, we just wanted to sizzle that up. It's going to be a massive episode uh, next week. Hopefully having Ash Brown on. We'll uh, see what we can do for you there. Uh, just some miscellaneous questions to finish off, though. We heard from Liam. Uh, living in Adelaide, I never actually had a membership with Hawthorne, but what does it actually mean to be the number one ticket holder and how do you get that status? Um. It's exactly that. It's just a status. It's bequeathed by the club. It means uh, that you're one of the most respected uh, members. I picked up an explanation from Reddit that uh, said a number one ticket holder doesn't have to be famous for publicity. Uh, Rather, from the club's perspective, they're the most valuable member generally. It can be someone famous or valuable from a publicity viewpoint. could be a significant financial contributor to a club. could be a highly honoured club legend that the club values greatly. It's... I guess you're getting the idea that it's determined by the club for any number of reasons. But I'd say go for it. Go and become the number one ticket holder, mate. <laughs> that's it, that's what free, he's after, is right? Is that why he's asking? Yeah. Live your dreams, Liam. 
just go for it. Uh, we heard from Andrew at Hawk I'll Talk Pod. get there Pod. before Liam, don't you worry about it. <laughs> at Hawk Talk Pod from Andrew here. Uh, is this new combative attitude against other terrible Twitter accounts going to continue? I do enjoy it very oh, much. this is you. As do I, Andrew. You're baiting them now. Well, maybe. Maybe there's a bit of that. But I don't seek them out. And that's the difference. No, you're honourable in this. Yes. They, <laughs> they come to us... And then I smack them back down into their place and then they leave. It's great. It's a good little system I've got going and I'll miss it dearly over the off-season. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm looking forward to the uh, the list management discussion and well, looking at who we might get and what we need and who might be on the outer. Well, here's the thing. We, one last question. We heard from Chris. Uh, what will you both be getting up to now that there's no footy? Well... Simple answer to that is we will be putting out episodes. They won't be as frequent, but we're certainly going to be back next week. We've got a lot to talk about, as you've just mentioned, Tiz. Yeah, I thought he meant hobbies and stuff. Oh, really? (laughs) What hobbies? (laughs) This is what we have. Yeah, we did have hobbies once, but uh, yeah, all on the back burner now. There are going to be people soon camping outside the MCG for tickets to the grand final. I'll just be there. I'm waiting for the season to start. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's get to some social media stuff before we wrap up. iTunes, rate and review us there. We've hit the double ton. We'd like to keep that going. Rate and review us on iTunes, Twitter, at Hawk Talk Pod. Let's keep on building the community over there and indeed on Facebook, facebook.com slash hawktalkpod. And we've got our Patreon too, patreon.com slash hawktalkpod. Subscribers at all different sorts of tiers can help themselves to all sorts of different perks, uh, in particular bonus episodes when we get around to recording those and uh, shout-outs and all that sort of thing. And we've got 20 patrons so far. Mm. Um, hoping for more, obviously, but that's that's a good showing already. The more we get on board, the more likely it is you, you get, well, more of this. You get more content. You get merch and all sorts of things. The, the more you throw support behind the show, the more we're able to do with it. So get on board. That's patreon.com slash hawktalkpod. I guess to sign off, Tiz, we've got a lot to talk about next week. Uh, but I think for now, um, last game of the season, pretty good win. How are you feeling about everything with Hawthorne? Oh, I'm very confident. Mm. We'll be much better next year. We've got some blokes coming back from injury. We've got some blokes coming in from other clubs. Obviously, the uh, we don't have to worry about the IQ in charge of the club. That's all good. <laughs> it's about the playing list and just mm. further development. And we can see that from Nash and Mitch Lewis and Warple has been incredible this year. You get two more like that next year. Oh, we're just in, we'll just be a really good, solid contributor next year. I'm not talking premierships. I'm talking finals. Mm. But it looks good. So as far as the traditional sign-off for this podcast is concerned, pretty fitting, wouldn't you say? Yeah. We are a happy team at Hawthorne. <laughs>